Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now a podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest, and I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows, and just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sherry. Welcome to Sherry. This is Sherry Todd. Welcome back. It's been about a year since I've done a show. It's been a crazy year. Uh, the reason it's taken so long is because it's been a crazy year. But uh, we're all going to get through it. It's coming to an end. Things are looking up. It's more positive. And speaking of positive, here's my brother. I call him James, but we all know him as Jim. Hello. So what happened this year? Why did Cherapy take a year off? It was just too much. Creativity. I couldn't get creative because, well, for, first the pandemic, you know, the fear of catching COVID. Um, but what's so, that got to do with the, with the, the podcast? Because I couldn't feel creative. I couldn't feel that I could sit down and talk about child abuse. And at the time, there's people out there, you know, dying from a virus. Okay, fair enough. And then there's, you know, and then there was, you know, the protesting and the riots. And then, you know, everything else, the murder hornets, you know, the fires in Australia. I mean, everything that happened in 2020, you know, the election. I mean, it was just, everything was just so crazy. Crazy, crazy. And then... You know, and you felt like your subject was just lost in the crazy, in the, in the. I felt if I was going to be helpful, current events, I would have to be positive about everything that was going on. And even though I knew this wasn't going to last forever, I knew it wasn't. It was still hard for me to be positive because, you know, everything that was going on, and I felt like I would be like, you know, people are out there having family members and friends dying or getting really sick, people losing their jobs, losing their homes, you know, all the stuff that was happening. Uh, what could I say that was positive? So James and I have been sitting here thinking about what we're going to talk about, and I think we're going to talk about being creative because we were talking about this earlier, how we were so creative when we were younger, and now that we're older, it's like uh, it's a, it seems a little bit harder. Well, let's talk about our history first. We would have met age four. Yeah. Four. When my dad married your mother. Yes. And then we became stepbrothers and sisters. And we kind of hung out together forever. <laughs> You're my years. brother. That's how it is. We've gone family the, is family. Gone through the love and the hate. We've always been very creative with each other. We've always been sharing ideas and now that we're older i find it harder especially with doing this podcast trying to think of something creative to do now when i get into the editing part it's a lot more creative for me but when i have to like be out front like what i'm doing now it's not it's like i'm struggling and i get nervous and i kind of get a freeze and um and what i see people doing nowadays it's just so amazing to me that i could never do it i mean when i was younger probably i would have the ambition and the drive to learn all that stuff, especially everything's computerized and digitalized now. I don't know. I don't think I have that now. Well, to go back in time, I think a lot of people were creative in the 70s and 80s, probably as much many as are creative now. 
but the tools were not accessible. They were, I mean, the cameras were $50,000 and $100,000 back in the 80s and the 90s. And those oh. are... And now you can do everything on a, Yeah, on your Apple. phone. Yeah. So it was so out there that nobody had the tools to even, you know... When I used to do editing and radio, it was off of a tape. We have to go back and forth, back and forth off of an audio tape and get that edit with a, with a razor blade, splice it together, and then try to make it sound like there was no splices, no editing. Nowadays, with a computer, it's all digitalized, and you just, you know, put your mouse on there, cut and paste and move it, and so much easier now, so much easier. So much sure, easier. but I think that that's where the explosion of so much creativity has come from. So Correct. we were talking about where this began, and you could kind of see where our creative our creative futures started when we were younger, and we used to record stuff with cassette tapes, and we would use eight millimeter cameras to do things. But that interest that we just loved it. We just I loved to wire things and make things work in the background, and you like to do the radio you love the radio it didn't quite have as much interest in radio i tried photography there wasn't really that i wasn't that good a photographer and then i found video and that was life-changing life-changing once the pictures could move it was a whole different story yeah i did a little acting in front of your eight millimeter cameras and <laughs> just hated it just hated it didn't like to be in front of the camera I was in a band years ago. Someone asked me to be in a band, and I worked. I did musician. They asked me to be the lead singer, and it was a very short-lived thing. And I loved the production of it, putting it all together. But, boy, once we got to the stage, that was it. I was I hated it. hated it. And that's where I realized video is where I want to be because I'm behind the camera I don't have to be in front of anybody and I can be creative. And it was an, it was an amazing awareness that I was able to come to. It's hard to be creative when you're in front of the camera. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean, acting is very a creative field. I've never felt comfortable doing stuff like that because I don't think I could pretend to be somebody else, get into a character like that. It would just be something... It, you have to let go of yourself and be totally open and free to do something like that. Never in a million years could I do that. It's interesting that you say that because I remember when I was directing videos and media, and while I never in in the in the years and years that I've did that, I probably was in two scenes in decades of video, probably in two scenes because I had to, and there was nobody else to do the job. I just did not like being in front of the camera. But often when I'm directing, I would say here's how I want you to do it. And I would act it out and people would say, why don't you just do it? And it, I just hadn't, I'm not saying that I was a good actor. It's just, I, I understand those directors that do the acting because they're getting exactly what they want mm -hmm. and what's in their head. Right. So at one time I thought, how can you direct and act at the same time? But really I can see it because you know what you want. But then you get in front of the camera and you can, acted to the actor, but no desire to do the otherwise. Have you always been somebody like planned it ahead of time and knew exactly how you wanted it to go? Or did you do things just like as it came to you? No, no, no. We very, very organized. So 
I would sit and think and draw it all out in my head and see every scene in my head and then put it all down, have it all in order. And when I showed up that day to direct, I knew everything I wanted. Yeah. And if somebody brought up a good idea, I was always open to, to a new idea. Like, ooh, I like that. Certainly I could do that. But I, I never would walk on set not knowing what I wanted to do. Never. I had to know what I was going to get. And it's very frustrating when you, you see it in your head, but you can't get it on camera. Yeah. Those were the toughest times when you just couldn't get the actors to bring it. But I'll tell you what, there's you, you learn a lot of respect for editors because an editor can bring it even better than, than you think it's going to be. In your head, you shoot it, the editing goes through, the editor goes through what they're doing, and I've seen them just bring it, turn it up 200%. So we're kind of getting away from the point that started this conversation, which was how you lose that creativity as you get older. Why do you think that is? And I think... It is because you have already been there, done that. You know, when I was younger and had a video camera, you put me in a white room and I could find the best angle. And I'd just be like, this looks so cool. And now you walk in a white room and you're like, done that, did that, do that. And you kind of lose that excitement about a new angle. Something that you're just like, oh, this feels right. You kind of yeah. lose that because you've done some. And then I think it's sort of like one of the examples I was telling you about being working in a factory. Someone works in a factory for 20 years and they, and they do their routine that they're creating their product. And then a new guy comes in and says, why don't you do it this way? Because they're thinking outside the box. They, it's new they, eyes. Yeah, they weren't stuck in that rut of doing it the same way. And so it becomes harder as you become older too jump out of that rut, and keep it fresh all the time. So when we talk about creativity and where it comes from, it comes from within your soul, deep inside. And I remember way back in the beginning when I first started out, the first thing I did was wedding videos. And I learned a lot from that. But one thing is there was some things that I did that were very unique in my weddings. And then my competition tried to copy me. And I saw them copying, trying to do exactly what I did. And they just couldn't get it like I had it because it came from within me. Then I remember there was another guy that I really liked his work. And he did he, the way he edited some stuff and the way he would do interviews and then throw in cutaways that were leaves and sun and stuff like that. And so I remember thinking, ooh, that's cool. So I tried doing it myself. And I just it just didn't have the flair that he had because I know it came from deep in his soul to create that. So I think what we're really talking about is how does that soul get dimmed in time? I remember going back to radio, since your background is radio and mine is multimedia. I remember listening to the radio once with you in the car and a song came on and you knew music and radio so well, you told me what the next song was going to be. And it was. The next song they played was exactly what you said it was going to be. And mm -hmm. it's just, I just wonder if that starts to affect our creativity. When we understand the business so well that nothing's new. There's not a new mountain to climb. 
new something to try, a new spin on something. So for example, the one guy that I liked his work. Okay. So if he, if I liked the way he cut shots together with interviews, where's he going to go from there? If somebody else can look at that and one up that, how's this guy going to one up that? How does he one up that? To him, what he did did was the one up. Right. So how does he one up that? The next creative guy comes along and finds an angle on that and one ups that one more. And then that, that becomes his inner soul, his inner creative spirit speaking, if you will. Right. And so after a while, when you've done it all in your world and your creative, like you've emptied out your creative box, how do you find the more? Now, there's creative people who are probably going to hate what we're saying. Just like, no, you know, you're not going to tell me that. That's fine. And I'm not saying, this is my opinion. This is the world according to me. Right. So, I think your thoughts on that. I, my, I, I, I kind of agree. I think maybe some of it is when you get older, it may not even be the creativity, but it might just be the drive goes away because maybe you get realistic and think this is the best I'm going to be able to do because now the circumstances that I'm in or whatever. So because you don't have that drive anymore, the creativity kind of just kind of, kind of goes dormant. I mean, I noticed that when I've, since I've gotten back into podcasting, not back into it, but since I've done podcasting, um, when I get to the edited part, doing the editing, that's where I'm happiest. And I see a lot of my creativity just out of nowhere come, and I'm like, ooh, that's a good idea, and I'll, I'll do it. So I, does it go away if you become dormant because I haven't done it in so long, I haven't been in radio forever, or is it just you're bored and you're like, I've done it all and I've seen it all and I'm, I'm done. Do I think I can go back into radio? Heck no. Every, things have changed way too much. I mean, I kind of get it with my dad. When my dad got older, he really didn't want to do anything anymore. And I used to be angry at him. Like, dad, it doesn't matter what your age is. You're still creative. You still can go write songs and produce and everything. And I kind of get it now that I'm older. I kind of get what here where he was coming from. It's like because everything has changed so much. You know, I mean, I don't even listen to radio. I listen to satellite radio because I don't like listening to commercials. But when I was younger, I listened to the commercials more than I did the radio because I was writing commercials. So I was listening for how it was done, what was being creative, what was being funny. Now it's like, I don't want to listen to commercials. Oh my God, who cares? I just wouldn't listen to music. I think you just, your priorities change when you get older. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Because there was, I mean, I would work all day editing, yeah. just all day. Just, I would go at four o'clock in the morning and edit. <clears throat> By the time I got done, I would lose track of time i go outside and it was still dark only because it was like six or seven o'clock in the you evening you never knew it yeah just because you're in a room with no 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 windows yeah and then you're just so passionate about it and i get it and those those are to me those were great slash depressing times it's like the day went by so fast and i gave my day that i had to this creative project right and it's like you had to there's, a, there's something in your soul saying you have to give because you feel satisfied. It's like you feel you're satisfied 
because you have to give that. I don't understand it. You just you have to give it. And then you get older and you go like, nah, I recall we would do videos and then there'd be something that would bother me in it and it never went away. I mean, years later, I'd watch that video again. I could hear it. I yeah. could see the section that I hated. Yeah. And it was just like, I hated that. I hated that. So. Are you, or like I hear edits and like, I can hear that edit. Damn it. Mm-hmm. No one else could, but I could hear exactly where that edit was. It's like, oh, it's not good enough. I can hear that edit. Yeah. Now when you get older, it doesn't seem as important. It doesn't seem as important. Why? Is it just because we're older and we know better? Our priorities change. We know what's important. We know we don't got that much time left in our lives. <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> <coughs> this is our cough break. So <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> to get old, right? Yeah. Where's my inhaler? Where's my oxygen? Hold on. <laughs> okay. There's my phone okay, game. We got our farts and our coughs out. All right, let's continue. Sure, going to keep this in. I know she is. I am. I don't know. Just I I miss those times, but I feel like I I did it. So I do feel like when I watch a Scorsese movie now, it's just not like the younger the stuff beginning, yeah. that he did. When I watch a Spielberg movie now, it's not like when he was younger. Yeah. You know, and probably because of some of that, because they decided, I don't care. You know, like they just let things go by that they would have never let go by before. They would have said, it doesn't matter. I just have to, you have to take that out. No, you have to take that out. I can't stand that scene. You know, it would have to be just, you'd Or it's because I would think maybe because they have a style and after a while you've seen it so many times, you're like, okay, I've, I've seen it, you know, I mean- so many people have um, copied him now because, mm-hmm. you know, people copy greatness. He was definitely great. He was my inspiration for so much that I did. So what have we said so far? We've said that you feel like you've, from my angle, I felt like I've been there, done that already. So you lose the excitement. You lose the desire to stress over every little scene. Every little edit. I think that's a good one right there. The excitement's not there anymore because you've done it so much. It's just, yeah, you know. But this, I'm telling you right now, is like old times for me. Getting this new mixing board, it was like, oh, it was like I'm in love. Inspires you again. It does because it's just I can do so much with it, and I don't have to worry about the computer messing up and everything else. What I was doing, I was running everything through. Garage band and it just wasn't working. This, you know, I spent the money, didn't want to, but I did it and I'm so happy I did. But when you were a kid, you would have put out 50 shows and really pushed this to the absolute oh, limit. Yeah. Now you'll be excited for three shows and it'll be over. I hope not. The excitement will be over. I hope not. The level of that excitement. I mean, the things I can do with this, the stuff I can upload to it, the music, the sound effects, everything I can do with this, it's kind of exciting. But you're right. Maybe after a while, I'll be like, eh, I'm bored now. But when you're a kid, you'll find ways to take this board and push it to its limit. Because and you have dreams. Yes. You're, like, you're having all these dreams that you're going to do. And I mean, you'll say, if I could push this and then these two these two backgrounds work together, I could do a this and this and this, and I could create like a harmony and blah, 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 blah. 
and then now you'll go, I could create a harmony, but that's a lot of work. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be creative. You know, I think I kind of boxed myself in with this, with therapy. But I felt at the time it was something I needed to talk about, something I needed to put out there. Yeah. Hopefully it helps other people. Um, and I really feel like I've said everything I could say. I really don't feel I could say anymore. I don't feel I have any more creativity when it comes to that subject anymore. Because at the end, I was really pushing it, really pushing it, trying to find something. Even with this new subject that maybe I'll start talking about mom and, and the stuff that, you know, being a caregiver to somebody who has a loved one who has, you know, Alzheimer's. God, does anybody want to hear any depressing stuff right now? I'm concerned where the positive is going to come from that. I mean, we're kind of changing, shifting. Well, it's about the creativity. Here, just like, how am I going to be creative, though? What can I do to keep going? Because I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy the editing part. What do you enjoy about podcasting? The creativity of it. The fact that I can go up and talk about whatever I want. I don't feel that I've hit the creative part yet. Does that make sense? Okay. I feel like it's there. You know, you feel like it's just right there. I know it's there. I just haven't found it. What do you feel like you need to hit? I don't know. That's the frustrating part. I don't know. And I think if I keep going and keep going, it's all of a sudden, boom, it's going to hit me. And then I'll like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. But part of me feels that I'm not going to be able to do it by myself. I'm going to have to have someone with me. And that's and nobody wants to do a podcast. Nobody. Other than my cousin Debbie. And I enjoy doing it with her. And that's why I thought maybe I'll just stop with therapy and just do cousin to cousin with Debbie. And we would just talk and, and, and do whatever we, you know, craziness. We could just be crazy and just talk about anything. And and keep it light and hopefully so is there a entertaining. Message? Is there a message you want to get out there? What's what's the I don't what's know. Behind the creativity? I just want to be creative. I miss that. I just and part mixing of mixing music, adding words. I would love to just do a show that had to do with talking about, you know, bands and, and artists and, and things like that. But it would be like an old timey show because I know nothing today. No nobody. The weekend. What the hell? I don't know who he was. <laughs> TikTok. Oh, okay. So Sherry, where did this creativity in music come from? I think it came from my dad. My dad was a record producer. And what era was that? In the sixties he was a um an extra, a movie extra. And somehow he got in with people that that had to do with music. He got a job as um a producer for I believe it was Mercury Records. And he started working with people like Rod Stewart and Kenny Loggins. And, before and, they were Rod Stewart and Kenny Loggins. Well, Rod Stewart was always Rod Stewart. But yeah, before Kenny Loggins. In fact, my dad was one of the first people that gave him a job as a writer. When I was young, when I'd go to his house, he lived in, I think he lived in Sherman Oaks at the time, and we'd go over there and he had like a, like a listening room. He'd have big reel-to-reel tapes and everything in there. But on the floor... From wall to wall, he had all these albums. And I'd be like, oh, my God. And I'd always ask my dad to give me some albums. So he would send me albums. And this is how the first album that I looked at and listened to was Billy Joel. 
I remember the album because it was just a black face of his. It was just in, in white um, drawing. And I played that album, and I've been a fan of Billy Joel's ever since. So your dad, how did he know? Did he know Billy Joel? No, he didn't know Billy Joel. But it was just one of the many albums that he would always send me. Just Because he'd, he'd probably get him sent to him free. Because oh, yeah. He was they a, were all promotional albums. They yeah. were all promotional. And so anyway. that's, that's how I got interested in music. And then I would start listening to the radio. And every Sunday, I would listen to Casey Kasem. And I would write down every single song from number 40 to number one. Every Sunday. Just to learn, listen to Casey, how he did what he did. Listen to the music and what became a hit and what didn't become a hit. So like at number 40, I could hear a song that came in at number 40. And you're like, ah, that's not going to be a hit. And usually it would go maybe to... 38 and then it would go off the chart you know so that's kind of like the beginning how i started to decide what was going to go all the way to number one what was going to be a good song or not did you find after a while you could call them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but that's how i started training my my ear to listening to stuff so how do you reconcile that with the fact that you love this music this industry called music but then it would demand you to be either a musician on the on the stage or a DJ on some big radio station to be successful, you had to be an outgoing personality. How did you reconcile that? It was hard because I'm not an outgoing person. You know that I'm, I'm not even, I'm part of the, I'm an introvert. So to get over that, I had to push myself. I remember when I first went to college to audition to do radio, you had to go in and do a segue and announce, you know, a segue was like from one, uh, one song to another. And between the segue, you had to talk. That was your audition. And I was like, okay, now here's, um, here's Billy Joel and, and Piano Man right here on KBBBK. You know, I mean, I just talked so low and, but to get over that fear, I literally took a sales job. I sold newspaper which meant I had to call people that I didn't know and try to get them to do sell, to buy the newspaper. I had to force myself to get over talking to people, the fear of talking to people. And so I forced myself because I wanted to be able to turn on that mic and talk and not sound like, you know, I'm, you know, someone's about to beat me or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm still nervous even now. When I first turn the mic on and talk, I, I still feel nervous. You got past your... Ability to talk by being a salesperson. How long did that take? Honestly, I quit the job because it got to the point where I was so desperate to get a sale, I was willing to deliver the newspaper myself. <laughs> and I didn't like that feeling. I didn't mm-hmm. like that competitive feeling. Well, I think you did really well on the radio. Thank you. It was the music. And I wanted to be in the music part of radio. So, sounds like maybe you would have done better if you would have taken a little beer in the road fork in the road, and gone into producing along those lines? I thought about it, and I actually took a producing class in um, college. And What turned you off about it? The fact that I could hear, I started, instead of listening to music, how you're supposed to hear it, I started listening and hearing every single track of every song. And it was ruining my pleasure of listening to music because I was hearing every track and it was like oh my god and it was surprising to me how many songs were so badly produced out there 
And it was just like, it was just ruining my pleasure for music. Because I was, because you have to train yourself to hear every track. And I was starting to hear every single track of every song. And it was like, oh, I'm not enjoying this song. Too bad your dad couldn't have got you into that. If I would have thought, I don't know if he could have. He might have. I know he had a a good By the time you were 10 or 15 or 20, he was well out of his career. I remember when we were doing hand to hand, he had his own recording studio. In fact, we did. Um, Explain what hand-to-hand is. <clears throat> it, yeah, it was like a soap opera for radio, except it was comedy. Three minutes long. Yeah. But I, we went there and we did like a whole, say, season of, of um, hand-to-hand in my dad's studio. He let us go in there and he helped us. And What did he think of it? He never really said. I, I think he was like, didn't really understand what we were doing. Was there a jealousy there? From my dad? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I just think he just didn't understand. You know, I mean, it was like, how is this going to make money? But to get in those positions, you have to be a bullshitter, outgoing, you know, going to the parties, getting to know people, tell them what you do, almost like a self-marketing person. And for a album... I don't have to because if I'm working... or no, no, a record company. They're going to come and smooth me. I'm talking about if you're Sherry Todd, this little girl who doesn't know shit and nobody knows that you, what's your, what's your ability is, unless somebody sells you or you sell yourself as that person, how will they ever know? How would, how would any label have ever known about you? No, I would never be able to sell myself that way. Exactly. And this is where creative people sometimes just get lost and they just blow away because they don't have, you know, you look at the industry and you think it's full of liars and bullshitters and stuff like that. And there's people who aren't talented, but they have the bullshit. You know what I mean? They have that and that gets them in to where they need to be. Or you need to have somebody who can sell you and say, you need to try this person, you know? Yeah. I just wonder why your dad couldn't have stepped up there and said because you know, I honestly didn't really I didn't really talk to my dad about stuff like that. No. I'm just saying that there was paths, fork in the roads, things and, that you probably could have done. Part of me didn't want to use my dad. I wanted to do it on my own, which was probably my own mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. But I felt I think part of me is I didn't want to embarrass him either if it didn't work out. I want my dad proud of me. There's a lot to unpack there, Sherry. I know. (laughs) So it started out, we're talking about creativity, and now we're ending up at the end looking back over our creativity. So the encouraging word to other people who feel like they're creative and honestly creative, but they don't have that Ambition, bullshit factor. I hate to keep using that word. I should be cleaner than that, but they don't have that. You know, it's like it takes a combination of that unless you've got somebody like Wozniak. Who would have Wozniak been if he didn't bump into Steve Jobs? Yeah. You know, you needed a Steve Jobs to get that. So those people that are creative, that are young and creative, and who who feel that in their soul, they need to get 
out. Find a way, find somebody to do it for them or learn those abilities. Like you had to, you know, like you, if you want to be in radio, you got to talk on the radio. So you went and you did the sales stuff. It's like, it's hard just to be that creative person. You have to almost be a whole package. And if you're not, you can make yourself into that package. James, I want to thank you for being you bet, the no perfect problem. guest host. Well, you know. Well, I think we're going to we're gonna do it more. I, I think we should. It took us many, many decades to get here. So. It took me many, many decades to get you to do this. <laughs> I have to beg you to do it. But uh, we'll do it again. Thank At you. this age, I'm ready to share my wisdom with the world. Okay. And the world is ready to listen. All, what are you at, 10 or 12 people now? I have seven listeners, all right? Okay. It matters. Seven maybe we'll, matters. Maybe we'll bring it up to seven and a half. Okay, it matters. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully we can do this next week again. And remember to like and follow Sherapy. And always to remember to embrace your voice. See you, bye. You can find Sherapy with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you.